morning I'm going to ask you to turn to the very first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. Genesis, the book of beginnings. We're going to be in a very well-known passage of Scripture this morning. We're going to be in Genesis chapter number 22. Genesis chapter 22. We're going to read the first 10 verses of Genesis chapter 22. Again, I'm sure that you are well acquainted with these verses. But perhaps maybe not the light in which we will view them this morning. Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 10. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lift up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide you here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. The title of the message this morning is Isaac's Isaac's obedience. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time in your house. We pray that today, Lord, you'd teach us much about obedience to you. Lord, we thank you for Isaac and all the way that he does typify the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we know that uh, in Isaac, uh, his life was not perfect and he was a sinner. And yet in this instance, we see his obedience and that ought to, that ought to move us to desire to be obedient unto you just like Isaac was. And Lord, I just pray that you'd help us this morning to honor and glorify you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Isaac's obedience. May God give each of us obedience like Isaac's obedience. Now this passage is often preached from the perspective of Abraham. And it is preached to emphasize Abraham's faith and obedience. And of course, rightfully so. This is a touchstone passage that even New Testament writers reference in showing how that we as the people of God ought to be willing to sacrifice all for the Lord and be obedient unto whatever He calls us to do. And yet, there is another perspective that is often overlooked. The perspective of Isaac's obedience. Isaac is not to be overlooked in this. Isaac is the epitome of faithful obedience. Now, maybe we haven't focused on Isaac's role 
in this passage before, but here we learn much from this passage about Isaac's obedience and we learn applications for us that should move us and help us to be obedient unto the Lord. And in this passage, Genesis chapter number 22, the first ten verses, we see three demonstrations of Isaac's obedience. Three demonstrations. We see, first of all, that he responded to his father's command. Secondly, he relied on his father's confidence. And thirdly, he relinquished control of his life. These are three demonstrations of Isaac's obedience here in Genesis chapter number 22, and they do us well to try to learn from them that we might also be obedient unto our Heavenly Father. So notice the first demonstration. This is revealed in verses 1 through 3 of Genesis chapter number 22. The first demonstration of Isaac's obedience. He responded to his father's command. What I mean to say is that Isaac responded to Abraham and he was willingly obedient to his father. He followed Abraham where Abraham told him they were going. Now, we need to understand as it relates to Isaac that uh, Isaac at this point really did not know what Abraham's mission was. But we begin by thinking about uh, as, as Isaac responded to his father's command, we begin by thinking about Abraham's acceptance of his assignment. We can't, we can't talk about Isaac's obedience unless, unless we first just mention and address Abraham's obedience. And we're talking here about Abraham's acceptance of his assignment. Now we know Genesis chapter number 22, as I've already mentioned, is a touchstone passage of Scripture. Uh, it shows us how that God tested and tried Abraham's faith. And he did it by giving Abraham an assignment. Notice again verses 1 and 2. And it came to pass after these things. After what things? The things that were mentioned in Genesis chapter number 21 that detail the birth of Isaac and what happened after the birth of Isaac. And so uh, here Moses writes, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. He tried him. He tested him. And said unto Abraham, uh, and, and Abraham said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son. Now watch the wording. Thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And so this was, this was Abraham's assignment. He was to offer Isaac. And remember, God had told uh, Abraham that it was through Isaac that the promised seed would come. Now, Abraham really had two sons, didn't he? He had, he had Isaac and he had Ishmael. But Ishmael was not the chosen vessel and the chosen seed by which God's promises would come to Abraham. And so, just like the Heavenly Father offered up His only begotten Son, Abraham is tried and tested by God and given this assignment, go into a place that I'm going to specifically tell you of in the land of Moriah, and you offer Isaac thine son, thine only son, whom thou lovest. Now, what did Abraham do when he received his assignment. He did not do like many of us would do when we get our assignments from God. When we get our assignments from God, what do we do? 
We don't follow. We're not obedient. We do our own thing. We do what we want to do. Abraham did not do that. Notice that it was that it was not just Abraham accepting the sacrifice of Isaac and Abraham agreeing that he would follow and be obedient to God's command, but but it involved Abraham journeying to a specific location that he did not know. Notice in verse number 2 he says, The Lord says, And get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. So Abraham literally did not know the specific place where he was going to offer Isaac. He knew he was supposed to go into Mount Moriah, but which specific location? And so Abraham is accepting this assignment. This was something that Abraham was used to in his life, following obediently God's command and God's direction without really knowing the full picture. In fact, Paul writes about Abraham's faithfulness in Hebrews. In the book of Hebrews chapter number 11, that great hall of fame or roll call, of, if you will, of faithful saints. And in Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse number 8, Paul, Paul writes, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. And of course this is referring to God's call upon Abraham's life all the way back to Genesis chapter number 12 where he said he was going to give him a land, he was going to give him a promised seed, a promised son, and that through that son... Abraham would become the father of many nations. And of course he's talking about the father of faith. And so Abraham accepted his assignment. He did not, he did not hesitate one bit. Notice in verse number 3, the Bible says, And Abraham rose up early in the morning. He did not hesitate. He did not have to say, Now maybe, maybe I didn't hear God correctly. Maybe I need to ponder this. Maybe I need to meditate upon this. No, he heard God clearly. God gave him his assignment, and he accepted the assignment without reservation. Now, we're talking about Abraham. We haven't even moved into Isaac yet, but, but how would you react if you were given such an assignment? Well, we've preached on that before. And so, we're talking first about in, in Isaac's obedience, how that Isaac responded to his father's command. We have to lay the foundation by showing what Abraham's assignment was and what Abraham's command to Isaac was. Now, secondly, first of all, we looked at Abraham's acceptance of his, of his assignment. But now, secondly, we look at Isaac's age and his acquiescence. And when I use the word acquiescence, I hope we all understand what I mean is that, that Isaac also accepted and was willingly obedient to his father. And so Abraham was obedient to his heavenly father. And Abraham gives the command to Isaac. And Isaac is obedient to his father, Abraham. Now, first of all, you say, well, how, how, do, we know that, how do we know that Abraham commanded him? Well, look at verse number 3. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and claved the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place in which God had told him. Now, perhaps you say this morning, well, Abraham didn't command Isaac to go with him. Abraham just took him because Abraham was the father, you know, and Isaac was his son. And as a little boy, Isaac would have to do what his father told him. 
But your reasoning, I believe, there would be flawed. And here's why. I don't think Isaac was a little boy. I don't think Isaac was a little boy at all. I don't think he was a little young boy. In fact, most everybody that you that you read that comments on this particular passage of Scripture believes that a, that Isaac at this point in his life was we, was between 25 and 37 years old. He was not a little boy. He was a young man. You say, well, how do you how do you get to to believe that he's a young man. In fact, in, here in verse number 5, we read it when we read the opening verses. Doesn't it say that Isaac is a lad? Look at verse 5. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide you here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Preacher, isn't a lad a young boy? Well, in our language, we might refer to a lad as a young boy, but not, not here as it relates to the Hebrew word that is used and is translated lad in verse number 5. In fact, here's, here's some interesting info for you. I hope you think it's interesting. The Hebrew word that is translated lad in verse number 5 is the same Hebrew word in verse number 5 that is translated young men. Young men. In fact, this Hebrew word is translated in the Old Testament servant, youth, child, babe, boy, and young men. And so, really what this word is, is it is a generic word. It is a generic word that carries many different connotations. In fact, when we use the word man in our language, does not the word man have many different connotations? It doesn't only refer to the male gender. Okay, uh, If we say mankind, does that mean that it's only uh, the male gender, mankind? No, it's a generic term and it's often used as such. The other, the other reasons that we say that Isaac was a young man at this point and not a young boy is remember verse number 1 of Genesis chapter number 22 where it says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. Well, what happened in, verse, or in chapter 21? Isaac is born when Abraham is 100 years old. After Isaac's birth, there are a number of events that transpire in chapter number 21, and then Moses says, and after these things. And so, there were many years, uh, again, believed to be at, uh, between 25 and 37 years that passed since that time frame. And the final reason that I mentioned to you this morning that Isaac was of an age of where he was a young man is because I want you to notice what it says in verse 6 about Isaac carrying the wood for the sacrifice. Look at verse 6. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. This means that Isaac carried the wood that would be used for the burnt offering. Now, in this instance, and we find in many instances in the uh, in Genesis chapter number 22, that Isaac is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you remember when the Lord Jesus Christ was going to be taken and, and crucified? They made him carry his own cross. And in fact, because of all the blood loss and the beating and the scourging that he'd already taken, if you remember, there was this man by the name of Simon that was enlisted to help Christ carry his cross. And so... Uh, I don't think there's any doubt that Isaac was a young man at this point. Now, this is important. Why? Why is it important? 
Well, if Isaac was just a young boy, it's doubtful that he could have resisted what his father was doing and his father could have just taken Isaac and forced him to follow him. But if Isaac really is a young man, he certainly could have resisted Abraham and said, I'm not going with you. I'm going out to do whatever I had planned to do today. But no doubt Isaac says early in the morning to the, to the servants as young men and to Isaac, come with me, we're going to take care of something that God has told me to do. A.W. Pink puts it like this. In relation to Isaac, he says, This was no half-grown boy, as pictures so often represent Isaac, but a full-grown man who is here brought before us, one who could, had he so wished, have easily resisted the aged patriarch. But instead of resisting, Isaac quietly follows his father. There is no voice of protest raised to mar the scene, but he acquiesces fully by carrying the wood on his own shoulder. How this brings before us the peerless one gladly performing the Father's pleasure. And he's saying that Isaac here is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we begin considering Isaac's obedience with this demonstration of Isaac's obedience. He responded to his father's command. He willingly was obedient and followed his father. Now, what is the application for us? Well, we ought to ask this question. Are we willingly following and are we obedient to our Heavenly Father? Do you know that God places a great emphasis on obedience? In fact, when we're talking about Saul in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 15, does not the Bible say that God, uh, He favors, and I'm paraphrasing here, He favors obedience more than sacrifice. And you and I have to question whether or not we are willingly following God and are we obedient to our Heavenly Father as Isaac was to his earthly father and then, of course, subsequently to the Heavenly Father. How about this? The words of the Lord Jesus Christ in Mark chapter number 8. Now, you remember the context in Mark chapter number 8. The Lord says that He must suffer many things at the hands of sinful man and, and that he's going to be crucified, he's going to die. And what does Peter do at that point? Peter takes the Lord and he begins to correct him and say, no, this is never going to happen to you. And then the Lord says to Peter these famous words, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of man. Now, if we were to stop right there, isn't it true of us that we often savor or we often cherish the things that are of man and not of God. We seek earthly things and not heavenly things. So the Lord addresses Peter, and then the next verse says this, in Mark chapter 8 and verse number 34. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me. In other words, whoever wants to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord says, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Did not Isaac deny himself? Did he not take up the wood that was given to him by his father that would serve for the offering? 
and he willingly carried that and he willingly followed his father. You and I must do the same. It is high time that believers stop playing as though we're Christians and start really acting and living as though we are Christians. So the first demonstration of Isaac's obedience is that he responded to his father's command. But notice the second demonstration. He relied on his father's confidence. We see this revealed in verses 4 through 8. Simply put, Isaac trusted and believed his father. That's what I mean to say when I say that Isaac relied on his father's confidence. Now watch verse number 4. Then on the third day Abraham lift up his eye, eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide you here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Now watch verse 8. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. Isaac's obedience is demonstrated in the fact that he relied on his father's confidence. Now notice that, first of all, we see that Abraham believed that Isaac would survive. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt that Abraham believed that Isaac would survive. In fact, Abraham believed, first of all, that he would not have to sacrifice Isaac. And even if he did have to sacrifice Isaac, God would restore or resurrect Isaac. Now, we need to be clear here for a moment. You say, now preacher, how, do you, how, do you, how can you prove to me one or the other? That either, that either Abraham believed, first of all, that he would not have to sacrifice Isaac, or secondly, that if he did have to sacrifice Isaac, that God would resurrect him. Which one is it? And I say to you that it can be both. That Abraham believed that Isaac would, would survive. And you know why we know that Abraham believed that Isaac would survive? Look at verse number 5. Let's look at verse 5 again. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide you here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship. What's that last phrase? And come again to you. Abraham is saying to these young men, his servants, that he and Isaac are going to go worship, and that they are both going to return again to him. And so Abraham believed that he wouldn't have to sacrifice Isaac, and even if he did have to sacrifice Isaac, that God would resurrect Isaac. Abraham believed this, that Isaac would survive, because Abraham believed that God would honor his promises. Now let's stop right there for a moment. We don't live like that. We don't live like we believe that God will honor His promises. You know how I know? Because Jesus said in Matthew chapter number 6, Seek ye first my kingdom and my righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. 
everything that you need, food, clothing, shelter, whatever it is, seek God first. We don't seek God first. We seek all these things first. And it reveals that we don't believe God will honor His promises. That's a promise of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Abraham believed God. And he believed that God would honor His promises. In Romans chapter 4 and verse number 3, we read these words. For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God. Do you know that three times in the New Testament, this phrase, Abraham believed God, is mentioned verbatim? It's mentioned in the book of Galatians chapter number 3. It's mentioned in the book of James. It's mentioned here in the book of Romans. And each of these verses are referencing Genesis chapter number 15 and verse number 6. They're along about verse number 6, I believe it is, where the Bible says that Abraham believed the Lord and it was counted unto him for righteous. Abraham had a pattern in his life of believing God. Now, how does this all tie together? Well, turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter number 11. Look at Hebrews chapter number 11 and let's tie this together. Abraham believed that Isaac would survive the test of faith that Abraham was undergoing. Abraham was a man that believed God. He believed the promises of God and he believed that God would honor his promises. Now let's tie it together. Look at Hebrews chapter number 11, verses 17 through 19. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17 through 19. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Now watch verse 18. Of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Now stop there for a moment. We've already mentioned this. God promised to Abraham that through Isaac, not Ishmael, through Isaac, Abraham's seed would live on forever, that he would be the father of the righteous, that he would be the father of many nations, spiritually speaking. Well, how is this going to happen if Isaac is dead? It can't happen if Isaac is dead. Abraham believed God. God made this promise to him. So then notice what follows in verse 19. Accounting that God was able to raise him up, that is Isaac, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. When it says that he received him in a figure, it's talking about Isaac being a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the Bible says in verse number 17 that Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. He didn't really actually offer him up physically, did he? Well, he did. He didn't kill him. But he was willing to follow through with what God had told him to do because he knew that even if God required him to do that, God was able to raise Isaac from the dead. He believed that Isaac would survive. That leads us secondly to consider the fact that Isaac now begins to wonder about the sacrifice. We're now back in Genesis chapter number 22. Now, I believe that Abraham when they arose early in the morning and the, the, the young men and, and Isaac are going with Abraham on this journey, I do not believe that Abraham told Isaac what was happening. 
I don't believe he told Isaac that, listen, we're going we're to go on this journey. I'm going to offer you up as a burnt offer. I don't believe he told him that. But Isaac is familiar with burnt offerings because Abraham was a faithful man who was familiar with offering burnt offerings. And notice, notice now, all the way back in Genesis chapter number 22, let's read verses 6 and 7 now. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son and he took the fire in his hand and a knife and they went both of them together and Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said my father and he said here am I my son and he said behold the fire and the wood but where is the lamb for a burnt offering now Abraham uh, having all of the necessary accoutrements if you will to perform the burnt offering with the exception of one thing and what's that the lamb the lamb and Isaac begins to begins to question. Isaac now knows that they are going to offer a burnt offering, but but Abraham doesn't have the lamb to offer for a burnt offering. Now I want you to note this. Even at this point, Isaac is obedient and willingly following his father. Watch, let me prove it to you. Look at verse number 6. When Isaac knows that, that Abraham has everything but the lamb, what's that last part of verse 6 say? And they went both of them together. He is not, he didn't stop, right? Let, let me put it to you this way. If your dad, my dad isn't living, okay? But if your dad, uh, actually, Cody, you're, you're the only one that your dad is still living. If your dad, uh, and Libby too, uh, if, if, uh, if your dad said to you, come on, son. Uh, we're we're gonna go we're gonna go out into the woods, and you don't need your rifle, and you don't need any of your stuff. And he grabs some rope and his rifle and a machete, and you know, and he says, "Come on, go with me." And you guys are out deep into the woods, deeper than you've ever been. You don't know where you're at. Would you, would there not reach a point where you'd stop and say, "Look, Dad, what's going on here? What what are we doing? What what's happening here? Is it possible that your dad has lost his mind?" Uh, listen, it happens all the time, okay? Uh, Isaac is, is saying, wait a minute. He's not thinking what I just said, that Abraham has lost his mind, but he's like, hey, we're going off for a burnt offering. We don't have a lamb. What, what's, what's the deal? And yet he still followed Abraham. And then watch this. Watch this in verse number 8. Abraham assures Isaac that God will bring the sacrifice. In verse number 8, the Bible says that Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. Do you know that when Abraham said that to Isaac, you know what Isaac said? <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah, I don't believe you, Dad. No, you know what Isaac said? We don't know what he said, but we know what he did. Look at, look at the last part of verse number 8. The last part of verse number 8 is the same as the last part of verse number 6. So they went, both of them, together. Isaac believed what Abraham said. He did not question his dad. In fact, let me say this. Isaac trusted. Isaac trusted what his father told him. Now we're going to talk more about what I believe his father told him in just a moment with our next demonstration of Isaac's obedience. But let's stop there for this application. What is the application to all of this for us in our spiritual lives? Well, can you name one time 
that your heavenly Father has ever lied to you? Can, can you name just one? Can you name one time when, when God's promises in the Word of God did not come true? You can't name one. So if that be the case, do you believe God and His promises? Do you believe that God will be faithful to His promises? Why would you not? Why would Isaac not believe Abraham's confidence that God would provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering? He believed him. Abraham was confident in that. Isaac believed him, and so off they go together to offer up the sacrifice. You and I must consider whether or not we really and truthfully believe God. You and I should consider whether or not we really believe the promises of God. You know what we do? We tend to think about our own thought process. And we tend to think about what it is that makes sense to us. And we refuse to believe not only the promises of God, but that God will be faithful to His promises. Turn with me to a very well-known passage of Scripture just quickly, and I just want to read this quickly. In Proverbs chapter number 3, because I believe that this exemplified and typified Isaac's obedience. In Proverbs chapter 3, look at verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. I say to you that this is what Isaac did. He trusted Abraham. He believed Abraham. Abraham said God's going to provide himself for a burnt offering. And that was enough for Isaac. He believed and trusted God. He didn't try to reason it out in his mind. You know, Isaac could have said, well, what are the chances of us finding a burnt offering out here? What are the chances of us finding a lamb in the middle of the wilderness? But he followed. He didn't lean unto his own understanding. Beloved, you and I ought to be the same. You and I ought to follow and be obedient. We ought to rely on our Father's confidence just as Abraham uh, was confident that God would provide and Isaac saw that. You and I too should be obedient to our Heavenly Father. Then there's a third demonstration of Isaac's obedience and will be done. We see this primarily in verse number 9, also somewhat in verse number 10. But notice this about Isaac's obedience. Isaac relinquished control of his life. He relinquished control of his life. Isaac completely put aside his own thoughts about this scenario. He did not, as we just read in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, lean unto his own understanding. He relied upon God and his father Abraham to direct his paths. And you and I should as well. He relinquished control of his own life. Now we see this in two ways. The first way we see Isaac relinquishing control of his life is that Isaac submitted to Abraham and to God's plan. Remember, Abraham was only doing what? He was following God's plan. So as as Abraham follows God's plan, and Isaac submits himself to Abraham's plan, what he's doing is he's submitting himself to God's plan. Now, it is probable, and I do believe this, it is probable that when, when, and and, and I say 
I, I think it's more than probable, but you may differ with me. That when Isaac asked Abraham in verse number 7, uh, hey, we're, we have everything for the burnt offering, but where, where is the where's the lamb? And, I, and Abraham responded, God will provide himself a lamb. I believe that at this point, Abraham told Isaac what God had told him to do. That, that, that God had told him to go out and offer up his son, Isaac. I believe Abraham told him that. I don't think there's any reason why at this point, Abraham would hide this from Isaac. And it makes Isaac's obedience all the much more amazing. And when we think about Isaac as a type of Christ, did not Christ know what he was called to do here on this earth? He knew that he was going to be crucified by sinful man, and yet he still followed. And in this, we see Isaac as a type of Christ. Isaac knows that this is going to be what? A burnt offering. This is significant because Isaac knows that this is to be a burnt offering. And if Abraham told him that God's intent is that you, Isaac, will be that burnt offering, he still went with Abraham. And he still went knowing how a lamb is offered as a burnt offering. Think about this. I don't mean to be graphic this morning, but this is the way the sacrifices were done. The lamb would have his throat cut. The lamb would then be ripped up the middle. His quarters would be cut. The innards would be taken out and laid open upon the wood. And then a fire would be kindled and the entire lamb would be burnt. Would you like to die that way? We say, man, I know the Lord, and I know I'm going to be with the Lord, and I don't fear death. Yeah, I don't want to die that way. I don't want to die that way, okay? Just let me die, you know, go to sleep and have a heart attack or whatever and stop breathing. I don't particularly want to be, you know, uh, de-scalped by a grizzly, all right? I don't want to be eaten by a grizzly. I don't want to be eaten by a, by a, by a, a, a fierce lion, okay? In all of this, Isaac submitted to Abraham. He knew what the burnt offering would undergo. And he submitted to Abraham. I believe that he submitted because he had confidence in God because Abraham had confidence in God. And then notice lastly, and we'll be done. We're talking about this third demonstration of Isaac's obedience. He relinquished control of his life. Isaac surrendered his own plans and purposes. Isaac surrendered his own plans and purposes. Now, He patiently waits. He patiently waits. And in fact, he probably helped Abraham prepare where the burnt offering would be offered. Now watch verse 9. Look at verse 9. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. Isaac didn't flee, he didn't run. He, no doubt, I believe, helped Abraham prepare the altar, build up the altar, and lay the wood in order on the altar. Then notice the next words in verse number 9. 
and laid, uh, excuse me, and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Now let's go back to what we talked about at the beginning of the message. In the very first demonstration of Isaac's obedience that he responded uh, to his father's commands, Isaac, I don't believe, was a young boy at this time. Isaac would have been able to resist Abraham. Do you know how old Abraham was at this point? Well, chapter 21 tells us that Isaac was born when Abraham was 100 years old. If Isaac at this point is between 25 and 37 years old, then Abraham would be 125 to 137 years old. Now look, you don't have to be the bastion of of manhood or womanhood to beat up a 125-year-old, okay? Uh, my goodness, you talk about feeble people. I won't mention any names this morning, but you know you can watch the news and see a pretty famous feeble person, okay? Wouldn't take much to whoop him, okay? Here's Isaac, 25 to 37 years old. <laughs> Do you think he could have taken his dad if he didn't want to submit? Do you think he could have somehow gotten out of this? He could have used his youthful strength to overpower a 125 to 137-year-old man. And yet here we find Isaac is patiently waiting. And he willingly allows Abraham to bind him. He literally lets him bind him and place him on the altar. He literally takes uh, Isaac and the word bind here bound in verse number 9 it says where it says and bound Isaac his son the word bound literally means to tie with thongs it is the way that the lamb was tied up the legs of the lamb would be tied up behind the back so that it couldn't move and so it couldn't get out can you imagine Isaac here he's willingly allowing this to happen Isaac is bound and placed upon the wood for the sacrifice. In this, again, he is like the Lord Jesus Christ. The famous suffering servant passage of Isaiah 53, Isaiah 53, verse 7, concerning Christ. The Bible says, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He has brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. This is what Isaac did. He was obedient. He relinquished control of his life. Now what's the application for us? Well, have you relinquished control of your life? Have you submitted every area of your life to God? How about in difficult areas that you don't understand? Why does God have me in this job? Am I in the job God wants me in? Am I in the place that God wants me in? Look, I make no bones about this. Illinois? Really? Are you kidding me? Of all the places that I could wind up, Illinois... My goodness. Are you, and I don't mean that as a slight to the people of Illinois, but, I mean, come on. You know, I could I could wind up in California or New York. <laughs> you know, is there much of a difference? I think California is a little bit prettier than here, and New York's got more stuff that would please the flesh. I'm talk, not talking about sinful stuff, but, you know, things you could do. But have we surrendered every area of our lives to God? We're going to close with these verses that we actually looked at on Wednesday night. And they're found in Romans chapter number 12. 
Here Isaac has submitted himself to the will of his father. He relinquished control of his life. He's led as a lamb to the slaughter. He does not resist. And in this we see the application for us. In Romans chapter 12, look at verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Is this not what Isaac did? Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I read this to say that we can't really know the will of God unless we are submitting to God and presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. Willing to undergo what the burnt offering underwent. Not physically, of course, but spiritually. Isaac was obedient. I think sometimes we miss that. We focus on Abraham and Abraham's obedience and God testing Abraham. And we haven't even gotten into how that God actually did provide that ram that was locked in by the horns in the thicket and how that we find Jehovah Jireh, God provides here in, in, in Genesis chapter 22. All of those are things that we focus on and have focused on. But let's not neglect the lessons that we learn from Abraham's or from Isaac's obedience three demonstrations of Isaac's obedience. He responded to his father's command. He relied on his father's confidence. He relinquished control of his life. May God grant us to be like Isaac and to emulate Isaac's obedience. Let's pray.